Hey everyone, welcome to the industry show. I'm your host, Nitin Bajaj, and joining me today is Roman Kikta of Phenometrics. Roman, welcome on the show. Thank you, Nitin. It's, it's really an honor to be on your program, and um, thank you for having me. The pleasure is all ours. So tell us who's Roman. Well, you know, on, on the personal side, I'm a father of a 20-year-old daughter who's attending university in, in Boston. And I have a 17-year-old son who's a senior in high school. Now, I believe that my children have inherited a lot of my attributes. <laughs> I'm someone who likes to live on the cutting edge. I'm intellectually curious, and I'm tech-obsessed. I'm a very assertive, I'm a very open-minded, driven, I'm a very intuitive individual, and I really have an uncanny ability to conceptualize and improvise. I grew up in New York City, and New York City, as you know, was the melting pot of diversity, creativity. Mm -hmm. And I started out in the wireless industry right out of college when wireless uh, was just launching and the devices, well, they were suitcase-sized phones and they were installed in your car. So I was a product program manager, and again, being very uh, creative and open-minded, I was an individual who helped develop several generations of uh, not only mobile devices, but I've also been involved in developing several industry firsts. Mm -hmm. And uh, these included the wireless payphone, voice recognition dialers, uh, in-building systems, and others. And this is when things were analog. This is in the mid and late 80s. So that's a long time ago. It's a totally different life. But um, I've always been an entrepreneur at heart, even before I understood what the word meant. Um, as a young kid, I was selling chocolate bars. I was delivering newspapers. I was engaging customers. I was offering products. And I was also collecting payments. So those early days really provided me a training of how to be an entrepreneur. And that really positioned me well as I uh, went on into my career, you know, at the startup divisions at Oki, at Gold Star, at Panasonic, and later on in the 90s at Nokia, where I helped position these companies into leadership positions. So for, I would say for the past 20 years, I've been investing in some 30 companies, um, backing at times nothing more than a PowerPoint presentation. Um, I've always taken a hands-on approach uh, with my companies. And I could tell you, um, working with some of these uh, entrepreneurs, you really need to be energized. And um, you, you've got to be driven just like they are. Yes. That, that's been quite a journey. I'm looking forward to learning more. Tell us, at this point, what do you do for a living? Well, you know, I'm still a VC, uh, and I'm involved with multiple companies as a founding investor, board member, and a mentor. However, what really excites me now is my company, Phenometrics. Mm -hmm. Phenometrics is about as far out on the cutting edge as I've ever been. Phenometrics is an innovative AI company developing personality, and um, emotional intelligence. Uh, we've developed a platform that's cloud-based. It's highly scalable. We use advanced computer vision, convolutional neural networking, and deep machine learning 
for phenotyping technologies that identify and analyze an anonymous individual's uh, genetic personality and character traits. And we do that just from an image. Um, and we provide, uh, actually produce actionable insights for more effective person-to-person -person interactions and relationships. Um, we create a playbook on how to interact with an individual. Um, we're also serving as an interface between machines, between robots and humans. We're teaching robots human empathy, how to understand humans and how to improve that interaction. That sounds like science fiction. How does that play out in, in real life? You know, <laughs> I've been accused of people saying this sounds like um, science fiction. <laughs> and there's been quite a few movies um, that have portrayed what we're doing. But what we're really looking to do is to focus on serving several markets mm -hmm. um, that would benefit from our technology. And these include online mobile dating, uh, imagine you're swiping on Tinder left and right, and you got a bunch of people now that you know nothing about other than you like the way they look. Yeah. So we're helping those companies um, like Tinder or online and mobile um, dating to offer new value services um, that will provide additional insights onto the, the selection that was just made. We can also uh, help with executive recruitment, uh, team building, um, as well as uh, digital marketing. We have an understanding of uh, the differences between a BMW owner and a Lexus owner, as an example. Even though they're both um, luxury brands, even though they have high-performance vehicles, there's a distinctive difference uh, in personality. And what we're able to do is to be able to uh, identify uh, those characteristics of the individuals. As you know, uh, for instance, in executive search, different jobs require different temperaments. Um, a CFO position may require attention to detail, while a CMO requires creativity. What motivates these candidates? Some people are motivated by money. Others are motivated by a chance to be a pioneer in their industry. Still others are motivated by ego uh, enrichment. So what we do is we're able to provide um, information on that candidate, on that individual. Can they think critically, creatively, strategically? Um, does the, is the candidate a risk taker or risk adverse? Can they influence and sell? Um, you know, are they leaders? Can they inspire? So these are some of the things that um, our tech is able to provide insights into that individual. Well, that's wildly exciting to me, but I would imagine it's somewhat scary for some others in terms of you know, security. And so tell us a little more about how much of this information is you know, PII or personally identifiable to, down to the individual. In some cases where you mentioned, you know, buyer's profile for a car. And how much of this science, you know, is accurate and at what percentage, if you will, as of today? So everything we do, I and mean, we basically as an AI company, mm -hmm. we put humans first before the artificial intelligence. 
So our technology offers really unprecedented actionable data on an anonymous individual. We don't identify an individual. We're not facial recognition. What we do is we identify the characteristics and genetic markers on the individual. So our AI is completely objective. There's no discrimination against race, national or ethnic origins, gender, social, economic class, religion, education, or sexual orientation. We know nothing of the individual other than we can decode the genetic markers. So we complement other AI-driven solutions like facial recognitions or online data analytics uh, to complete the analysis on the individual. But what we do is purely something that is non-discriminatory and completely anonymous. Um, you know, phenometrics is based on decades of research of the genotype, the phenotype, and behavioral sciences. And what we do is we really we just identify, analyze, and classify the traits. And we make recommendations. Um, and we also have some very powerful algorithms that can predict possible outcomes. So by understanding what your traits and characteristics are, Mm -hmm. We can predict your behavior based on uh, various situations, whether it's in a highly stressful situation or creative. Now, what I will tell you is um, more and more research is being conducted right now, specifically with genetics and personality, and it's being conducted in some of the leading universities in the world. Mm -hmm. These include um, Princeton University, um, University of Amsterdam, the University of, uh, of California School of Medicine in San Diego, mm -hmm. um, University of Edinburgh, uh, Moscow University, mm -hmm. and others. And all of this research really just serves to validate that we are a science and we're not magic. That's amazing. So, you know, I was going to add one other thing too that we do is. All of our algorithms are correlated to proprietary, um, uh, to our proprietary analytics, but we correlate it to big five factors, which is what psychologists use all over the world to, to test for personality. We also correlate this to DISC, to Enneagram, or any other proven taxonomy for personality identification. What we really do is we create a playbook on the individual identifying an individual's motivations their strengths, their weaknesses, and we provide actionable insights on how to best work with them. We can run simulations on interactions, for instance, on a candidate um, that's going to be joining a company or a team. Uh, we can provide, uh, for instance, insights on potential problem areas and also how to resolve those areas. So we really are focused on improving communications, improving relationships, and decision-making. Our um, accuracy level um, is in the area of 80 to 95%, and this has been validated uh, in over 33,000 use cases by psychologists, HR managers, and individual operations over time. That's pretty phenomenal. Tell us who your ideal customer is, and do I have to be a certain size and scale to benefit from the science you created? Well, we operate 
uh, Pentametrics operates on the cloud. So we have a highly scalable platform and we can serve everyone from an individual uh, consumer, for instance, off of uh, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter um, ad, where they want to learn more about themselves or uh, on someone else. Maybe they met someone, for instance, um, from a mobile dating app and they like the way someone looks, but now they want to test the compatibility, uh, you know, especially for personality and, and so on. So we can serve individuals like that, or we can serve, for instance, um, online dating or uh, analyzing crowds where we can take, for instance, thousands of images of people and in a second or two provide you information. So um, what we're really doing is we've created a highly scalable platform that all we know about the individual is we can see their face and we provide actionable insights. That is just so amazing. You know, I'm going to ask you to switch hats and uh, you know talk about your life as a VC. And you've been a successful one for the last 16 years. Tell us about a couple of your investments. Well, you know, I, I'll, I'll tell you, I've been a, a venture capitalist um, for over 20 years. Wow. And, you know, I've always invested in um, market opportunities um, and people. Um, I will tell you, I've not always been successful. Sometimes I've been a little bit ahead of myself, sometimes by as much as a decade. And as you know, when the market's not ready, um, it, it's a failure. But I've always been correct in identifying the opportunities. And, um, I've been fortunate that my first opportunity was a company started by uh, a very brilliant engineer and entrepreneur by the name of Hardeep Kohli. And Hardeep started a company called Spatial Wireless. Um, I invested in that uh, opportunity um, and it was also my first big success. It was my first investment as a fund manager running my own fund. And it was also my first success. Uh, you know, Special Wireless developed a soft switch and media gateway, which was used for wireless service providers uh, to provide all of this um, rich content and so on, and they were acquired by Alcatel for a quarter of a billion dollars. Wow. And then, you know, Party went on to start other more successful companies. Uh, one is called Mavenir, yeah. and you know, they're developing 5G wireless uh, solutions. You know, a, a, another company that was developing truly disruptive technologies, and I do love disruptive tech, is a company called Indoratlas out of Helsinki, Finland. Now, Ingeratlis was a spin-out from the University of Oulu mm -hmm. uh, in Northern Finland, and they developed an indoor mapping and location-based uh, solution using the Earth's magnetic fields. And they were offering GPS-like functionality in buildings, underground, or in skyscrapers with meter-level accuracy without the need for hardware beacon or other hardware solutions, uh, installations. Um, I had served as um, a board member for, uh, for four years, and then the board also asked me to serve as interim president, and I served 
uh, for almost a year in that capacity. And I helped Indoor Atlas secure strategic investments from Baidu in China, mm -hmm. uh, SK Telecom in South Korea, Yahoo Japan for the Japanese market. But really the, the true power of Indoor Atlas was to um, optimize um, uh, and make everything discoverable in a building. You can show elevation, we can work underground, and it was, um, and it is a truly disruptive uh, technology. It is, and I had the opportunity to evaluate Indoor Atlas for another product that I was building in the same space uh, around indoor mapping. So it's pretty phenomenal technology. We weren't ready in terms of, uh, you know, we had put it on the next list of integrations that we were going to do. Uh, but I did have a chance to look at the technology, the team, uh, and had a few interactions. Pretty amazing. Congratulations on having built so many different technologies. It's just, I, I can imagine you going from one adventure to the next, to the next, and it's it's a stepping stone to you know, a whole creative aspect that uh, is so much fun. I, I, it is. It's fun, but it's also hard work. You know, I will tell you that. And, and you know this, you know, both as an entrepreneur as well as, a, as an investor. So I think you can really appreciate yes. what entrepreneurs go through. I do. What do your VC friends think of you kind of stepping back or stepping forward into the driver's seat and you know, taking on the reins of a startup? Well, you know, I've always been a very hands-on guy with, with my investments. Um, but I will tell you, you know, I, I've been a, an investor and in, like I said, in over 30 companies over the past um, 20 years. Uh, I've served uh, and co-invested with, you know, with some of the tier one um, uh, investors uh, you know, both corporate, you know, as well, you know, the Intel capitals, as well as, you know, the Sequoia capitals of the world and, and so on. And as I've developed relationships with some of these individuals, um, frankly, their reaction to what I'm doing is, is really mixed. Uh, some applaud me, you know, some tell me that, you know, hey, better you do it than me. Some really don't understand why I would basically go in and get involved with something that is really so cutting edge. And as they say, um, it's really not proven. Right. And, and so, you know, it requires a lot of validation and you know, I'm going through that process now with several of the leading universities. But, you know, I'm a very passionate investor. And I'm a company builder first and foremost. I mean, that's who I am. It's part of my DNA. And I'm always gravitating to individuals who really want to change the world. Um, you know, I, I based uh, the Phenometrics technology around methodologies that have been developed by not only leading universities uh, around the world, but I'm also a product developer. And I've always been. And so I put my own spin on it uh, and my own flavor. But I want to work with people who believe everything is possible and who want to um, change the world. And, and that's what I'm about. That's where the fun is. You understand that, you know, that's, you have a similar passion. Yes. 
are you fundraising for Filmmetrics? You know, we are, and I'll tell you, I'm, I'm no stranger to fundraising. I've done it both as an entrepreneur, uh, you know, during the dot-com era, um, and I've also done it as a, a as a venture capital fund manager. But I will tell you, um, 20 years ago during the dot-coms era, that was a totally different life. Mm -hmm. um, it was very easy in those days. Um, text was hot and, you know, I, I raised money from nothing more than a PowerPoint presentation and a conversation. Yes. Today, it's a totally different world. Um, today, I think the majority of VCs are really reluctant to invest in a seed stage company. Mm -hmm. You know, the economics just don't work for them in, in a large uh, fund. Also, VCs, um, you know, they're, it, it's about risk management. And they want technologies that are de risk. They want things that are sort of tried and proven. Um, they want to see market traction. And they want to see companies that are generating um, revenues. Mm -hmm. So, you know what I ended up doing with Metrics? I ended up self-funding. You know, after five of my friends, VC friends said, hey, Roman, prove that this is a tech, that, you know, this is not some um, magic that's being worked by people that are psychic or something. Mm -hmm. um, so I ended up putting my own money in it, and I did have a friends and family long then. You know, we have almost... $5 million into the development. And today I have a tech that actually works. And um, we are now actually going out to sign up customers. We're doing a lot of demos. Um, we're showing it that it works. And um, I would say that in the beginning of the year, once I have a couple of customers lined up, we're gonna go out and raise our series A and you know, raise four or $5 million to take it to the next level, which is uh, commercial launch. Yeah. But we, we have a, an MVP, a minimally viable product, and the stuff works. Nice. You know, you're no stranger to this. Startups fail more often than they succeed. What I'm curious to know is, what have you learned through Mobility Ventures, your, your VC firm, that you are bringing to Phenometrics? Well, you know, startups fail for multiple reasons. Uh, as I've said, um, sometimes you're just too early to market. Yeah. The market's not ready. And I've been there many times, both, both as a VC as well as a product developer, you know, for corporates like at, uh, Nokia and others. And we came out with something that was just too early and people weren't ready for it. Um, sometimes uh, the tech won't work. And I've been in situations um, that we just couldn't get the technology to work. You know, you're trying to change the world. You're trying to create something that's truly disruptive. And sometimes it's just, it just doesn't work. Mm -hmm. um, other times um, it's about people and it's about execution. And I will tell you that's probably the most important thing is having the right team and, and a team that really functions well. And that's why, you know, Federal uh, Metrics has developed such a powerful tool that we use for that team building. 
you know, helping to create something um, that will work, but ultimately it's people that make something work. So um, I would tell you it's getting the right people, having a market need, um, you know, and it's about execution, making sure you get the, the tech to work uh, and so on. So, you know, at Fenometrics, it's all about the team. I'm using our technology now to pull together uh, a very complementary team of, of skill sets, of personalities, of uh, experience, of market know-how. And, you know, at the end of the day, we're also looking to create a culture that's based in openness, mutual respect, and a shared vision and a passion for success. I have to say this, you know, you have over the years acquired the wisdom of what works, what doesn't, what it takes to grow and scale a company. But then on the other end, you are so humble and, and I can see that humility. Uh, well, that, thank you. you know, I, I really appreciate that. And I wanted to take a moment and acknowledge that. Uh, people tend to get successful and it, you know, in some ways, uh, you mentioned ego uh, at the beginning of this discussion, uh, but it hasn't got to you. So congratulations on, on your successes, but also more congratulations on you know, staying, staying true. And uh, I appreciate that. Thank you. Thank you. You've, uh, you've written quite a few books. You've had patents under your name, you received multiple awards. Where do you see yourself five years from now? Well, traveling the world, wandering through ancient markets, sailing the Mediterranean, enjoying life. No, no, I'm, I'm joking. You know, I, I, I do believe you need to have balance in, in life and you gotta enjoy life. But I believe what I'm creating right now with Phenometrics is a potential unicorn. And it really warrants all of my energy. It warrants my focus. And I want to build a world-class global company that's going to be impactful. And, you know, given my personality, I never see myself being in a sedentary, you know, uh, passive lifestyle or role. There's just way too much excitement in our rapidly grown tech world to be on the sideline watching the world go by. I mean, we're in the most exciting period in the history of mankind, and I want to be part of that. I love that. You know, entrepreneurship, as you as you rightly said, if, if I were to kind of take a step back and think about it, it's a series of ups and downs. And you've had, uh, like you very humbly said, your shares of failures. So when life has dealt you, uh, or, or, you know, these is a series of ups and downs when you have fallen, what has made you stand back up? Well, you're right. Um, Entrepreneurship, just like life, is a series of ups and downs. But you know what's really important? It's how quickly one recovers from those downs, from those disappointments, from those failures. You know, I've made a list of my learnings from my downs, and I've had a few. <laughs> and I know I've always tried to strive to figure out how I can do something better the next time. Experience. Experience is really a great teacher. And for me, it's been expensive. And I'll tell you, it's been a painful 
teacher at times. But I've always kept an open mind, and I believe that technology can change our world for the better. And, you know, I want to be part of that, and I want to work with people who share that passion to make those changes for the better. I love that. Roman, what's one thing that you regret not doing? Well, you know, we, we all have um, regrets, and I'll tell you, um, you know, professionally, um, I passed on some opportunities um, that became huge successes. And I was able to go in very early on. And I'm going to tell you two of them. And I'm almost, you know, one would be embarrassed to say this, but one was Uber. And another one was the Dollar Shake Club. <laughs> okay. Um, I made those decisions. Um, listening to others. I, I based it also on some of my own, oh, how would I say, um, and I'm going to say personal biases. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, th th those two companies went on to be very enormous successes, you know, and they've had extraordinary uh, entrepreneurs behind them with extraordinary vision and also execution. But, you know, those decisions that I've made were often relying on the advice of other people who I thought were more knowledgeable, more experienced than me. And so over the years, what I found is that, you know, sometimes relying on others' expertise uh, is not always the best thing because I've also had people have told me, make these investments. Mm -hmm. And I've made investments in the semiconductor uh, space, you know, years ago, as well as in nanotech, mm -hmm. when nano was, was huge, you know, 15, 20 years ago. Mm -hmm. And I will tell you, I've lost tens of millions of dollars. But, you know, you learn and you don't live in the past. Mm -hmm. um, I can't change what happened, but I can take those learnings and I can focus on the present and future opportunities and like I said, we're living at a time of unprecedented innovation. And you know, the next best thing, the next big thing is just around the corner and I hope to be part of it. And I think for instance, Phenometrics is that company. Yeah, I do have to say this, the, you, you mentioned Uber and, and Dollar Shape Club as missed opportunities, but I have to give you credit and you have to give yourself credit for being in a place where those opportunities were available to you. Not most, most of the people don't even get those opportunities. So you have achieved a certain stature, a certain place where these are being presented to you. And I think the other thing is the fact that you recognize that as something that you learned from and you, you know, you're not holding back and not living in the past that's that's the wisdom I was referring to. So, you know, we cannot live in the past. Um, and I think that uh, people really do a, a disservice to themselves, whether it's professionally or personally, where they do live in the past and they let those regrets um, consume them. Right. You know, there is always a new opportunity. There's always a new relationship. There's always a new one. Mm -hmm. Just be open to it. 
and if we remain open to it, um, the possibilities are endless. I, I would tell you, I've always been a very open-minded person, um, and I'm a very curious person. I've, I've been fascinated since my childhood of discovering new things, places, and experiences. Um, I've also learned, more importantly, to trust my um, intuition, uh, and I'm also very instinctive. So I may listen to what people tell me, and, and I do respect other people's opinions, but at the end of the day, you know, I go with my intuition, with my gut. And if I get passionate about something and I see the possibilities, I'm all in. I go for it. <laughs> and, you know, I would say being passionate is not just, it's, it's not enough. I think having that passion really needs to be translated into that uncanny ability <laughs> to know in your gut that what is best because you've done your homework um, you understand what you're up against you understand the ecosystem you understand what you're playing in and you also understand what is your sustainable value proposition and by having that understanding then i think you can really formulate a plan to succeed i'll tell you one of my big um heroes um, is Nikolai Tesla. Yeah. And I'll tell you, Nikolai Tesla had, I think, an excellent quote, which I think really sums up very well this thing about passion. And, and this is what, uh, what Tesla said. He was, I do not think there is any thrill that can go through a human heart like that felt by the inventor, the entrepreneur as he sees some creation in the brain unfolding to success. Such emotions make a man forget food, sleep, friends, love, everything. I believe, and you know this firsthand, that entrepreneurs make tremendous sacrifices in the pursuit of their dreams. And really what Tesla says is that you have to be all in and you have to be really passionate in your quest to complete your dream. So true. You know, you, you answered my question, I think, but I'm still going to ask you, what is your source of inspiration and motivation? Well, you know, my source of inspiration, um, I would say to me, I'll tell you, the, the person who really inspired me as a child um, is my mother. Uh, you know, my mother, you know, is, uh, and she has an incredibly high emotional intelligence. She's an empath. Um, she never met a stranger. She could get on a plane, and I traveled with her where she got to know everybody before that plane landed, and nobody ever got irritated with her. She had this personality. Uh, and this incredible understanding and intuition and compassion about people. She treated everybody with kindness, with respect, and she was really well-liked. So I think I learned that uh, from her. And I like to treat people, whether they're heads of state or the person that is the taxi driver, with the same respect. Um, you know, everybody has a sense of worth. 
And I will tell you, I learned from everyone. You know, people um, have impacted me from, you know, from uh, the taxi driver or the guy shining the shoes to, you know, to, like I said, I've, I've been fortunate to meet heads of state and I learned from everyone. And life is about learning um, and being open to that learning. Mm -hmm. What are you most proud of? So, you know, I, I would say I'm proud of uh, many things. I'm, I'm proud first, you know, I'm, I'm a dad. I have two kids. I'm proud of my, uh, of my children. Um, I'm proud because, um, one, um, you know, they have some of my drive and curiosity, even though they have very um, distinctive personalities. Um, so I'm, I'm proud of that, but I will tell you the thing that I'm most proud of, and I think you sort of alluded to it, mm -hmm. I, I am humble. Um, I, I work and I've been blessed to work with Nobel laureates, I've met members of the Academy of Science, you know, in the US as well as in Russia, and all over the world for that matter. But the thing that I'm proud of mostly is my reputation for personal integrity. Mm -hmm. I don't cut corners. I don't play in the gray. Uh, it's about honoring your commitments. If you give your word, do it. My reputation for being direct, honest, and above board is the one thing that no one can take away from me. And it's one thing that I truly guard. Um, and it's the most important thing to me is, is having integrity. You know, we as, as, as VC, um, are entrusted by entrepreneurs to take their dreams, their ideas, their life, and help them make that into reality. A lot of these individuals trust us, and I honor and respect um, that commitment for that trust and that integrity to take place, not only in me, and I hope that's something that my fellow VCs share as well. And I agree with you, you know, especially in, in today's time when we don't know, you know the, the, what's real from what's not real. Integrity is one thing that is so important. It is. Integrity is, is probably the most important thing as far as I'm concerned. It's honoring your commitments, saying um, what you can do, and, and being honest with if you can't do it, and, and asking for the help. And I, I would say that's probably one of the things that I, I in, in dealing with some very brilliant people, a lot of times they feel like they have to do everything themselves. They don't. It's about team. And if you look at um, sports team, you can have a brilliant quarterback, but you know what? He needs to have someone that's going to receive that ball as well as defense that's going to block for him and so on. So it's all about the team. And I'm a big proponent about teamwork. It's about collaboration and creating new value. That's a wonderful example. Makes me want to ask you, what are two of your favorite books or podcasts? Well, you know, I'm going to share with you, and it's not the traditional business books that you would think. You know, one of my favorite books, um, is called The Alchemist. And it's a masterpiece by 
mm-hmm. Paulo Coelho, um, this Brazilian um, writer. And it's, it's a magical story of Santiago, this Andalusian shepherd boy who yearns to travel in search of worldly treasure. Now, it's a story of treasures that Santiago finds along the way that teaches us about the essential wisdom of listening to our hearts, learning to read the omens that we find along life's paths. And it's about trusting in our intuition, our gut. And above all, it's about following our dreams and never giving up. So it's, it's a story that should resonate well with entrepreneurs. Now, another uh, author that I absolutely enjoy for the pleasure of reading is Michael Crichton. Not read all of Michael's books. Michael is an absolutely brilliant, unconventional thinker. He's, a, I would say, you know, a, a modern-day Renaissance man. You know, he was a physician, director, producer, futurist, and a brilliant storyteller. And I believe he really challenged our perceived notions about the world around us. And, you know, the other thing, too, is he entertained us uh, while he telling us his stories. You know, his book um, titled Nets holds special interest for me because it deals with the classic issue of nature versus nurture and how our genetic material interacts with the environment. What I really enjoy about Crichton's work is that he inspires me to strive to see the world through new eyes, to see the wonder of the world. And it's something that I believe every entrepreneur should have an open mind to the possibilities. And that's what Crichton's books are. They're about the possibilities uh, of our world. Now, for podcasts, I'll tell you, yours are an excellent way of providing fascinating insights, perspectives, um, you have some incredible people, very diverse leaders across tech, media, the arts. You know, I, I listened to your, your um, uh, uh, interviews with Kerry Birch, mm-hmm. uh, with Manu Shah, uh, with Chai Vu, and others. So I'll tell you, it's really an honor to be associated with these esteemed group of people. Uh, I've, you know, learned from them. I've been inspired by them. And so um, I, I really appreciate the work that you're doing. It's, uh, it's phenomenal and it's inspirational. So thank you. Thank you, Roman. I, I really appreciate that. You, know, you mentioned something about what's possible and you know these authors kind of enabling entrepreneurs to think about something of, of, along those lines. What did you think of as a child, what did you want to become? What was your dream? So ever since I was a, a, a little kid growing up outside of New York City in, in, uh, in Jersey, in New Jersey, I dreamed of traveling the world mm-hmm. to experience new places, cultures, cuisines, history, um, and most importantly, meeting interesting people and listening to their stories and to learn. And, and I did this from uh, an early childhood. My parents, um, maybe it was because they couldn't get babysitters or so on, <laughs> but they brought us to a lot of their um, parties, to their dinners. And I was exposed at very young age to these fascinating adult conversations. 
So I've been doing this my entire life. Um, and I've gained new insights. I've learned uh, from, like I said, from everyone that I've uh, met. And some of these things that I've learned from my travels, I've created new products, new technologies and services. So that they've served as an inspiration uh, for that. A metrics is a case in point. It, it, it's, it's a tool of technology to help me understand people and how to interact with them and to be able to communicate with them effectively based on their phenotype, on their personality. So from dealing with an individual that is an extremely pragmatic, logical, rational thinker, I'm not going to be as enthusiastic and so on. I'm going to be very factual and, point, and to the point and very direct. And someone else, we're going to have a very wonderful, open conversation. Does that make sense? It does. It makes a lot of sense. And you know, as you're saying that, I'm wondering if, if you're analyzing me because you're making a lot of sense to me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, um, you're, you're a brilliant guy. And uh, like I said, you, you've created a, an incredible platform where we can get our uh, messages out and, and hopefully um, inspire someone or uh, teach someone something. So, you know, you, you've got a great platform. Thank you. I really appreciate it. Roman, you're a very curious person. I want to know what are you curious about lately? So I'll tell you though, um, to me, uh, I, I've been first and foremost, um, one of the roles that I've played in my, my life or my career actually is that of a, an anthropologist. I'm an anthropologist before I am a technologist. I've traveled the world, I've been to some 80 countries, I've studied societies on how people live their life um, in their environments, the tools they use, to enhance their life uh, from, you know, from productivity as well as, you know, for enjoyment. And like I said, I've taken those learnings to create new products, new services, um, new technologies. And it's all about creating things that will benefit our life. So I've been very fortunate to be in the embryonic stages of the wireless industry in the 80s. I've been in the beginnings of the internet era in the 90s. Um, you know, I've written books on the internet, the wireless internet, and, uh, and, uh, and, and so on. But everything that I do has always been driven by my fascination of what our societal needs. And today, what really captivates me is artificial intelligence, it's AI, it's data, it's what I'm doing with fundamentals, um, it's about looking at genetics. And right now, you, when you look at what AI is able to do in the area of genetics, mm -hmm. genetics will not only tell you who you are, where you come from, who are your ancestors, your relatives, but they'll tell you what diseases you're susceptible to. They'll tell you your personality, and we can recreate what you look like from your DNA. I drank from this glass. I left this, my DNA sample and I can uncover everything about that individual. What we're doing at Phenometrics is the reverse engineering of that. So if you follow that logic, 
if DNA will tell you what you look like, if I know what you look like, I know what the markers are. And if I know what those markers are, then I can work backwards and basically discover what are your, um, what, what is your personality and everything uh, and so on. So what really captivates me today is the development in AI, the development of uh, genetics. It's decoding humans, genetics for human um, health diagnostics and therapeutics. Um, there's a lot of things that you know I'm involved with, especially research that's taking place all over the world. And what I can tell you is science fiction, the things that we saw in the movies, you know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 50 years ago, is coming true. Yeah, it's, it's pretty phenomenal. And, you know, it makes me think you live in such an exciting world surrounded by such amazing things. You're almost living in the future. What makes you come alive? You know, what, what are those activities that just invigorate you? So, you know, there, there's a lot of things, but, you know, first of all, you, you need to have balance. Yes. So, you know, I live, you know, I'm not a young guy, you know, I'm not a, a 25 or 30 year old um, entrepreneur. You know, I, I'm a guy who's got uh, 35 years of experience. So, uh, you know, I'm dating myself. As I told you, I was involved in wireless in the early days in the 80s. But you started so as a toddler being active. You, you started as a toddler with your parents. So, yeah. <laughs> oh, thank you. You know, it, it's about working out. I work out, it's part of my daily regimen. You know, I have young kids, I'm involved with them. Um, you know, I, I played sports, I'm an avid skier, hiker. Yes. Um, I climb, I play with my kids. Um, you know, my son is a um, hockey player. When he was a little kid, I was one of those dads because I'm an ex-hockey uh, player. I put on the pads and I play with the kids. Right. Parents, you know, look at me and then some of the dads started playing. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Your kids keep you young. But I will tell you um, what's really important is I have this insatiable thirst to learn, to experience new things meeting interesting and innovative people. Um, and that's what keeps me going, you know, and it's, it's having those conversations. Uh, like I said, I learned something from every person that I meet and I really enjoy that. So that's what keeps me alive. That's what inspires me to create new things. And I wanna work with people who share my passion. Um, and we want to change the world into a better place. Yes. You mentioned your mother. I want to ask you specifically, who's one person who had the most impact on you? Well, you know, I, I would say I've learned something from everyone that I've worked with. Um, you know, one, I, I had uh, uh, an, an individual and, and he's, um, he, he was my boss at Nokia, you know, as part of uh, Nokia Ventures. Uh, and uh, he, he was an individual that used to tell me, you know, there's no need for us to have a meeting 
sitting around in a conference table. We would go for walks. Um, and I remember we would have meetings in Washington, D.C. It was based in D.C. And we would walk around the city conducting meetings, having conversations. And what I do today, um, with, you know, with my executive management team, we do the same thing. We, we go to the gym. We get on treadmills. We get on elliptical uh, machines. And we have conversations. So we don't sit around. We multitask. Um, we do things. Um, I believe that it's really important to, like I said, to have that balance of, of health and uh, activity. So I, I blend it too. But I've learned so much from various people. You know, I've learned from you, from, from your podcasts uh, and so on. So I, I believe the thing is always be open to learn from, 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 some, from everyone that you meet. And so there's a lot of people that have helped me throughout my career, um, you know, uh, within at Nokia, you know, I've had uh, great individuals that let me do what I wanted to do. And for them, I am extremely grateful, uh, you know, to those individuals. You know, I had a great mentor in, in Panasonic. Uh, he was a brilliant individual who took me under his wing. Uh, you know, uh, his name was uh, Sumio Kim Terasaki. Terasaki-san was a guy who was a, an incredible individual. He started several um, divisions or companies within the Panasonic Matryoshka family. Uh, he and I traveled, um, you know, all over and we developed new things. I, I was very fortunate that at Nokia, I, I had, uh, you know, um, managers that were really great people. Um, so I would say the most important thing that I've had was people let me do what I felt was the right thing to do. And they gave me the freedom to do it. And I've learned the same thing now that the groups that I work with, whether it's a, as a board member or as an investor, um, back those people who have that curiosity and who are unconventional thinkers. Because those are the ones that change the world. They're the ones that challenge the status quo. They're the ones that are, I will tell you, are sometimes a pain to deal with. But I respect their curiosity, their drive, and their passion. And you know what? I back them, and I want to work with them. That's, that's what a leader is. That's, that's what leaders do. Uh, they recognize talent, and then they let them let them figure it out. What fictional character do you most relate to? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, the the and and I think from the from my conversation, you sort of know the the type of person I am. Yeah. So the the guy that I really like, uh, you know, from that fictional character from the movies, Indiana Jones. Oh yes, because Indiana Jones. He's an academic, mm -hmm. he's an adventurer, yeah. he's intellectually curious, he's a risk taker. He's looking to discover new things, he's looking for treasure, he pursues treasures, and you know what, at the end, he also gets the beautiful lady. <laughs> so so he, he's a guy that, you know, if, if I was going to be a character, I'd be Indiana Jones. 
I can see. You know, I'll tell you, I really enjoyed your thought-provoking questions. I really appreciate and value the work that you do, um, the platform that you created. And really, thank you. Thank you very much for letting me share uh, my story and, you know, some of my life philosophies. So thank you very much. It's really all ours, Roman. This has been, it's been an honor and it's been a pleasure getting to know you a little more. And I really would love to continue this conversation and bring you back on and see how the journey with phenometrics and, and even with your life as a VC is coming along and we would love to be a part of that. No, I, I, it would be an honor to be that. And again, thank you very much. Uh, I really appreciate it. And um, I look forward to hearing some of your other um, interviews in the future. And like I said, I really enjoyed it. So thank you. And indeed an honor. Thank you so much. Robert. Thank you. Thanks.